This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. score this week we are doing something very special especially if you are a Lauren fan we have taken ourselves out of the studio and I've come down to Lauren's Academy of Sports. Carrie Havens just give me a tour of the facilities this is my first time seeing it I remember it as the cliff and without nearly as much decoration or as fancy as certainly as impressive as it looks a facility these days but it isn't just me talking about how wonderful things are in Larne. You'll be glad to hear. Coming up shortly on the programme, we're going to be hearing from the club's owner, Kenny Bruce. And we have some other guests from throughout the Irish League. But starting the show off in top fashion, we have four stellar names who have all contributed to Larne's journey and Larne's title-winning season from left to right across the room as I look. Leroy Miller, Sean Mont, Food Sule and also Jeff Hughes. So um, first of all, guys, thank you so much for making yourselves available. Um, it's great to be able to do this. And Jeff, I want to start with you. Obviously, uh, we all thought your playing days were behind you, but you did get a cameo on Friday night. So um, that was a nice surprise for all of us. Did you know it was coming? I knew sort of at the start of the week. Um, I had a plan, I always had to talk it through with the gaffer and the powers that be, but it was a, mu- a much better way to end the career than hobbling off at Portdown so I was very grateful for that. And a special night to be doing it as well having earlier on in the evening got a guard of honour from the outgoing champions Linfield and knowing that shortly after the full-time whistle you would get your hands on the Gibson Cup and you know if we think back to when you started off your senior career as a, a teenager here that probably was never something you could have ever imagined doing with your hometown team. Our first remit when I, when I joined Lauren was trying to avoid relegation. Um, you know, if we ever went 1-0 up, we went to five at the back and just tried to hold on delayed. So it's a totally different outlook now. So that must have made the, the whole occasion on Friday all the more sweet. And I know you'd already done the business by getting the win against Crusaders. So you knew already, champions confirmed. But when you're stepping out in front of the home fans and knowing that this night is going to be a big celebration and, and knowing what it means to everybody being born here, growing up here. What was going through your mind looking around the stands and seeing so many familiar faces? To be honest, I was, I was actually really nervous beforehand, excited and nervous. Um, it's never happened, so it was all the unknown. Um, but I don't think the night could have went any better on and off the pitch. Fans loved it, we had a good party after it and we finally got our names on a Gizm Cup. No, yeah. We'll call you food. We'll call you fudger. What do you What do you prefer to go by? Call you fudger. Um, the The man that everyone keeps saying unsung hero. So I think quite the most sung about unsung hero in the league because you cover an incredible amount of miles on the pitch. You You do a lot of work for these boys, and I know they appreciate it. Um, where do you find the energy levels from? You're one of the players, when I watch you, I genuinely am just exhausted. I'm going, where is he now? You seem to be in every single challenge. You, you don't seem to ever stop running. Yeah, um, it's just part of my game that I pride myself in. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's obviously things like that you can work on in football, but I think like hard work and hard, um, working hard is, is something that's just a given that you have to kind of have as a footballer. Especially here now with the standards that we set now, like if you don't work hard, you won't be in the team, and that's just how it is here. So, if you want to be in the team, you have to work hard. So, I think that's where it comes from, yeah. So, who of your teammates would you say is the the, the main one that drives the standards? There's a there's a first tough question of the show already. Who's the one that you really sort of fear a wee bit of a telling off from, or you look around you see a bit of a grumpy face? There's a few, to be fair. Um, there's a few talkers. Um, Keen Keen Bolger would be one of them. Leroy would be one of them as well. I'm, I'm just moany, to be honest. I just, I just complain about everything and, and everything if, if, if the standards aren't right. But they'd probably be the three that, that, that speak the most uh, in training sessions and in games and stuff like that. But talking helps, communication helps, helps <coughs> the other players and it helps you as well. 
when you were coming into this team, was this the, the vision you were told you were going to have days like you just had on Friday? You're, you're going to be winning titles. You're going to be in European football. We, we heard Kenny say a few years ago, famously, the Champions League music at Inver Park. And I think a few people were saying, I'm not sure if he's completely wise. But were these all the conversations that were going on when you were putting pen to paper initially? Yeah, definitely. Like it's mad because it's it's actually how it's actually played out exactly how he said it is. Like it's like he had a crystal ball or something like that and he could see into the future, but this is exactly how he'd say it play out. We'd say we'd have a first class training facility, we'd have a first class first team squad, we'd we'd win the league eventually, we'd play Champions League football and stuff like that. So all these things that he said really came came true and and and, and it's credit to the man. Well, you said Cain Bulger's one of the talkers. Does that mean that uh, Sean Mont's always on the aspirins at the end of a game then, playing beside Cain? It's an incredible partnership, without doubt. It's one of the, the huge reasons why Lauren have been practically invincible at times, because defensively you concede so few goals, especially at home. Did, was it a partnership you had to work on, or did something just click right away? No, nah, well, obviously you've got me and Bulger at the back, but I wouldn't say it's mainly just us two, and be working at Day, day in, day out in the training pitch and it's a team game so as the gaffer always says you defend from the front and um, if your strikers are working hard then that gets the rest of the team to work hard and keeps clean sheets. But the knowledge between two defenders, you can look at any team, you can look at any league, if that pairing isn't right it causes a world of problems so was it something you had to say okay you go here, I do this job and you take that responsibility on or is there just a natural kind of almost telepathy there? No I would say it's pretty natural but you get a good understanding of each other and you know his strengths and he knows my strengths and I know if a boy's going up there I know 99% of the time Keane's always going to majority of the time win it so I always just cover him behind just in case but I think that just comes natural when you're playing that position for so many years. Just come into my mind I want to give you a right of reply because we had Andy Ryan on the show a few weeks ago and he says you've lived together and that he does everything um, he, he <laughs> and I know you didn't hear that because I've just seen the expression on your face so I'm just wondering what Andy's like as a housemate because he says oh you know Sean takes care of things on the pitch and uh, yeah, I have to have to keep the place right at home uh, was he maybe bluffing there a wee bit do you think? Well next time you see him ask him where the Hoover is and then <laughs> tell you what, and you'll see what his answer is because he's no idea what it is he does the cooking to be fair and I do the cleaning so I don't cook, so I do all the cleaning the dishes, cleaning the bathroom, because he's quite a messy boy, to be fair. He's always shaving and stuff, and he's always leaving hair everywhere, so I look after the flat. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is good. We're, we're already learning things about everybody. Sean is always tidying up on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, we'll hear more from Sean in just a moment. Uh, Leroy, at the end of last season, very different emotions to the end of this season. It couldn't have gone any better for you, could it, this move? Yeah, this time, 12 months ago, I was in the receiving end of a Irish Cup final defeat to Crusaders, and to this day, I still don't know how we got beat, so I don't. And, but fast forward 12 months, it's the best move I've ever made. I mind Kenny and Tiernan sitting in my kitchen talking to me at the time, and they had said this and this is going to happen, and all the good things around the club, and I probably thought they were mad as well, but everything they've said came true, and fast forward 12 months, as it says, we've won the league. And what's been noticeable is you've found another level within your game. Is that the benefits of full-time football? Is it, is it the benefits of having great teammates around you? What, what, not that the, you didn't previously at Ballymena United, of course. What do you think it is that's allowed you just to, to obviously kick on? Because congratulations, Player of the Year, and that doesn't come easy, that award. I think it's a combination of everyone. So it has when a key man, uh, Gaffer himself, sat me down, he says... Obviously, I was at Balmain a long time, and the way I played at Balmain was completely different than what I played here. And he said I had to be getting double figures from midfield, and thankfully this year I've done it. And then you alluded to it there as well. Players around me—they've made me look better than I have been this year, and a lot of credit has to go to my teammates. Because when you get used to one thing for any amount of time, having coaches say, "Look, we we need you to change this," is that a bit daunting? Do you nearly go, well, "What do you mean? This is how I play football." Yeah, I got an eye on her to be honest when I came here. Probably not the physical aspects of my game, but probably more tactical. Um, there's a lot more information goes into full time there is and breaking down your game. And I think that's a lot of credit has to go to the coaching staff and that. They've sat down and worked with me and here have reaped the rewards this year. I think the thing that comes across, certainly visiting here, anyone that's had any time with the players or the management, see the professionalism at Larne. Jeff, how much has the game here? come on since you left and, and now obviously returned? It's night and day. Uh, when I first come here I was told to 
on a Friday night, have a curry and a couple of Guinness to fatten up. <laughs> so, <laughs> from sports science to uh, the training every day to the gym in the evenings to having a full-time chef, it's, it really is night and day. Bring back the old works, it sounds quite good. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, you're, you're making me hungry now doing this around lunchtime. It's the wrong time to be bringing up curries uh, for me anyway. Uh, we saw it going around the building. Um, the amount of young lads working here, the fact that obviously there's the academy and they have their you know, their, their classrooms or information sessions, etc. going on whilst you could be out training. So people are constantly being, I guess, shown and encouraged what the next level is from wherever they are. Okay, well, this is the next thing, this is the next thing. I think psychologically that could only be good for a player. I'm, I'm wondering how this compares maybe to previous experiences in your career, if it does at all. Uh, I think for the younger lads it's great because we're all under the same roof. They see how we do things, the standards we set, how we operate on a day-to-day basis. <clears throat> and they obviously aspire to that. And um, it, it can only be their sponges, like Jimmy, because they're young. They take all the information and they see things that we do, our mannerisms, how we behave and stuff like that, and they take it all in. Mm-hmm. So for, from that point of view, it's, it's unbelievable for them. And it's only going to benefit the club as well because they have a better pathway to develop into the first team, training every day and stuff like that. And obviously, outside of football and the education side of it, which is important as well, they get that as well. But um, from where I've been before, like it's, 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 it's new. Um, it, 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 it's unique, do you know what I mean? But, but something that I think is going to be the way clubs are going to go forward now from now on and it's only going to benefit the league, the country and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, I think, a really exciting time in football here in Northern Ireland. Um, look, let's, let's talk about the, the title success uh, because throughout it, I'm sure there'll be certain games, certain moments that, that leap out to each of you individually as key points in this season. And Sean, if I, I pick your brain on it first... Is there a particular match that you think, do you know what, this is when I started to believe we, we could really do this? Um, I would probably say, personally, was a game at Windsor when we played Linfield. And that was my first time playing at Windsor. And obviously, I didn't know a lot about the league. And I'd always been told Linfield had been like, the big team in the league for the years. And then that was my first game. And I think it was we were 3-0 up within about half an hour. And then after that game, I properly realised that we're a good team. We've got a right good chance of making history here. I was wondering this the other week, because before the Glen Torren game, you were coming out onto the pitch, and I think I said it on commentary, and you know, people are going, this is a big match, post-split, etc. And you were just singing a song to yourself, and you looked like you could have just been in your back garden. You looked like the most relaxed person in the world, and everybody around is going, pressure, 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 will their cracks be showing? And you know, Sean wants to sing whatever song's being blasting over the tannoy. So are you just a chilled person in general or, or, or is that is that something you kind of just try and keep yourself calm before matches? Yeah, yeah I would say I'm pretty chilled and laid back as a person but I'd say the only pressure you have is the pressure you put on yourself and you may feel it but I would never go to a game nervous and anxious and I'd always try and play light-hearted to stuff and um, it would take care of itself so no, I'd always just be relaxed. It's a great personality trait if you can have it. It's certainly not always easy in matches. Uh, Leroy, for you, uh, a game that, that stands out across the campaign? Probably the Crusaders ones at home, the one we won 4-1 at the time. Um, I think within half an hour we went 4-0 up, and I've said this all season, It's I think it's the best half an hour of football we've played this year, but not because of the result or the performance that night, but we were on the receiving end of getting beat with the Glens 4-0 the week before, and it was all about bouncing back and... We showed character that night and we got over the line, we won 4-1 and what night that was. Jeff, I think the second time we played the Crews at home, where they came and they parked the bus basically, and we thought to ourselves, this is how now teams perceive us, to be one of the bigger teams and are a bit feared to come and have a go because of the 4-0 at the, the Crews, the 4-0 at the Glen, or, sorry, Cliftonville, and then the 4-2 at Linfield. I think teams knew they had to be wary of us and sort of put us on a pedestal, so... I thought that changed the view of Lauren a, a big way this year. You got one? Yeah, and there's there's a few, but what I would allude to is that what's been different this year to last year is that when we have suffered them difficult losses, the games after we've always bounced back. I don't think we've lost twice on the trot all season. So watch it, which is a, shows a great character and stuff like that and our bounce back ability. Whereas last year we might have lost two in a row, draw one before we get back on horse again and win one. So that's obviously what winning leagues is about. It's about consistency. Nobody says you're going to go the whole season without losing a game, but it's how you react and how you bounce back. And obviously Leroy said the, the Crusaders game after the, the Glens beat us, Sean pointed out uh, the Linfield game. But I think 
the Cliftonville game when we lost to Cliftonville in January 2-1, which we kind of felt hard done by. We, we thought we should have we should have won and then we played the Glens at the Oval, who were in and around the top of the league at the time as well, and, and we beat them 1-0. But it wasn't like an unbelievable performance in terms of football, and it was like a hard, gutsy 1-0 away from home, which when, that's when I started to believe that, yeah, we, we have a bit of bells to share. Because that was probably a, a source of great frustration last year, Jeff, wasn't it? It was in such a good position in January and then things just didn't seem to go your way. Can you put your finger on what has allowed that not to happen again? We freshened up. I think we got a few boys in. Uh, we, we were scoring freely to start the season and we kind of started a little bit around January and uh, Andy came in and I think he scored six or seven on the bounce and sort of helped the strikers find their form again and I, th- I think that's been a massive uh, effect for us after January. I'm sure he'll throw his name in the hat for a goal of the season. I don't know if we have a, a particular favourite amongst the group here for, for a goal of the season. Leroy? I wouldn't say too many of mine's that good, to be honest. Most of them's inside the box, but if it was pinpointing, it'd probably be one against Crusaders in that 4-1 victory we got. Um, I... I would say Andy Ryan as well, but it was a cross, it wasn't a shot, but I'll still give him it since he's my flatmate. <laughs> there was actually a, there was a fella in the, the stand that said that to Jim Magilton when he was going down, he went, I think he crossed that, didn't he? And I was going, oh, that's unbelievable, we were right behind it. Sean's busting just to say, oh, I know him, that's a cross, but no, he angled that into the top corner nicely. For me, it was just the, the lack of back lift. I'll defend him now before he, he two-foots me on my way back to the car here. <laughs> what about you? Um, you were desperately trying to score one yourself <laughs> yeah uh, I'm going to vote for myself <laughs> just because it, it happens once every 100 games so I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll go for myself yeah. did you see the celebration <laughs> find a photo so, so that's why I said it doesn't happen often so I didn't know what to do but I think I, I, think I took out the share or something like that I'm not sure acting like I scored 40 goals a season <laughs> Is it something you're you're trying to do more of? Um, because you know, genuinely, I did notice in the, in the last couple of games you're driving a wee bit more forwards from midfield and taking shots on. Whereas I know you've plenty of options around you, but is that just the confidence of I think we've the points on the board, so I'm just going to go for a wee hero moment, or or is it something honestly that you're trying to do? Nah, I, I, the manager sat down with me before the season started, and he was like, obviously, the defensive side of your game, like I don't really have anything to say about it and stuff like that, but. From an offensive point of view, there's obviously parts that you can improve, parts you can get better. And obviously, I felt like this season I've, I've come on leaps and bounds in, in, in that type of uh, area. But as a player, you can always get better. There's nothing that you're perfect at. And that's what it's all about. It's all about improving and taking on information and being able to take on information and take constructive criticism. And that's what I did. We will be back with the boys in just a moment, but we're going to break away from this chat to hear what... Lauren owner Kenny Bruce had to say I was chatting to him and obviously he's a very proud man well certainly very very proud probably the proudest moment outside of my my children being born I would say very much the proudest moment of it within my certainly uh, business and, and sporting career for sure during the football season there's there's no certainties as we know in this sport when did you actually believe that this was going to happen well, in, in fairness, Michael, I have to say, I spoke to the players at the start of the season and I'd watched how that we had been in pre-season, the players that we had signed and, and how it went in, in the early games in the in the European campaign against St. Joseph. And I still felt that the team that Tiernan had assembled with the support and help of Jerry Flynn and the board at Larn, that there was something special, there was something different about this group that we hadn't really had before. We had had a lot of really talented players who really contributed, who really worked hard, but there was a steely determination in their eyes with this group that I always felt confident that we would be there or thereabouts. Because if you look at our past sort of two or three seasons in, in, in the Premier League, we've been close, but then since Christmas we've just fallen away. I knew there was a bit of a steel and a bit of a determination in their eyes, and I, and I, I honestly thought we would challenge. In terms of actually getting it over the line, I thought uh, the the split wouldn't go as easy as it did, and 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 those first two or three games, winning two nil, uh, two games away from home, one at home, was just sensational. And that's when I knew after the Glentoran game, really winning two nil, I thought, well, this is really, really, really close now. 
I said it myself, gone on record, very impressed with that Glentoran performance because many people were asking the question after exiting the Irish Cup at the semi-final stage to Ballymena United and you know, no fault of the Sky Blues, brilliant performance by them but people were wondering, mm-hmm. is this the wheels coming off? Were, was there any part of you, be honest now because we're, you know, you've know you've done it but was there any part of you thinking, oh it could be or, or I fear it, it could just be a bit more difficult now? Yeah, of course, uh, everyone goes through those emotions when you get knocked out in the Irish Cup semi-final against a team that we, we had been performing better than this particular season. You would ordinarily assume that is this is this nerves, is this sort of tension setting in? Um, but I have to say how they responded was remarkable. And it was really the, le- the week leading up to the Glen Touring game that I'd sensed there was, a, again, a extra bit of steely determination I happened to watch training three times that week just to get a feel and a flavour as to where the lads were and and, and, and Tiernan and the players and the coaching staff had worked tirelessly that particular week leading up to the game which I took an immense amount of confidence from so of course everyone goes through that little bit of emotion thinking God is nerve setting in but when I saw how the guys had trained and prepared the Glentoran game I went into that game really confident that we would get at least some form of result from it and the players performed fantastically well and executed the game plan to an absolute T. What have the last few days been like for you? I'm sure there have been some brilliant celebrations. It's been crazy. I mean, I'm somebody who likes to, to return everyone's call, texts and email, so I've been inundated with a great deal of thanks and, and appreciation, which I've gone back to everybody now, thanking them for their kind words. And then clearly a roller coaster emotion. When when you win it at Crusaders, you're relieved, you're 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 emotional, you're exhausted, and then really building up to that carnival atmosphere that we had on Friday evening against the champions. And how how amazing were the champions to give us a guard of honour, and how, how humble and respectful was David Healy and his team at Inver on Friday night? They were a credit to our league and a credit to their club. And as I say, it was. It was a magnificent evening on Friday night and to, to really enjoy that celebration and, and have a few pints and let the hair down was fantastic after I'd done my final interview with Thomas Kane. And weren't you just glad you were able to find the words in front of everybody because with all the emotion that went into it, Kenny, with the raucous atmosphere, it would have been very easy to trip over yourself or become overcome and be one of those viral clips that everyone looks back on and goes, oh dearie me, what was I thinking? <laughs> There were a few of those moments later in the bar in the evening, Michael. I can reassure you that I got on the karaoke machine and made a bit of a hash of myself. So there's probably a video going around of me singing, which is, which is, which was okay. At least the the, the BBC cameras weren't there at that particular time. What's your karaoke song of choice? Now I have to know. It, it would be the Gambler, or it would be Dignity from Deacon Blue. Okay, well, we'll have to see that at some stage. Then <laughs> maybe maybe get you to do that on the pitch. There's been some brilliant. Uh, pre-match shows at your ground throughout the season so maybe that'll be another one the the way that Inver Park has transformed has really really impressed me so you can tell so much thought's gone into it that the red lights in that stand uh, as we looked across from our commentary position to the left just kind of added an extra thing to it um, is that through engagement with supporters that you are bringing these things in or, or who are the masterminds that are, are bringing these subtle changes that when the lights go down you think wow this is some place and Niall Canine has to say <clears throat> the vast majority of credit for that really on the board they have worked really hard in terms of sport sports for supporter liaison and really helping to understand how we can create a really fantastic match experience so Niall really has galvanised the board, galvanised all the volunteers and all the staff to, to really try and put on special nights at Inver, and whether that's uh, those sort of stream, streamers or the, the fire or, or, or the red lights, it really does help to create an amazing atmosphere. And as I say, I thought we set new standards with regards to title celebrations on Friday evening that I hope, which I know other teams will, will replicate and even go further with. So. Yeah, Niall deserves the, the, the biggest amount of credit for putting on those types of things. And it goes into so much fine detail with Joel and, and, and Neil Clark and, and, and Andy McNichol and, and many others to make sure that the supporters have an amazing time, but also to showcase our brand and, and to showcase our, our, our amazing uh, uh, sponsors who support us fantastically well to make sure their brand is something that people are watching all the time by, uh, by, by being captivated by what they see on television. And that all feels very deliberate and it's well executed. Has it been 
difficult at times to try and get people to think bigger, dream bigger in Northern Ireland because we've we've had an Irish league that we're used to. We've had the title celebrations that we're used to, etc. This all feels like you're 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 pushing the envelope now. I'm saying that in a complimentary way. I thought you know I had Jim Magilton beside me and he's filming the celebrations. I'm going well. Jim's been to a fair few grounds, a fair few big occasions. If he thinks what's happening in front of him at Inver Park's worth him saving as a memory in his phone when he's no uh, skin in the game as such, that shows you that it was um, you know bang on the money. Yeah, I think it was probably harder initially, uh, certainly off the field. On the field, everything that's been executed really has been the vision of Tiernan Lynch and his brother Seamus, who we worked hardly to try and back and support and give them all the resources to be able to go and fulfil those visions. But off the field, yes, of course, it took me and Gareth and the board a bit of time to convince people that we wanted to push the boundaries, that we wanted to think bigger and we wanted to move away from it's the Irish League so you can't do that. And I think naturally that's changed over time and everybody certainly in our community has got behind that bigger vision that bigger mission that that set of values that we try and lay down and i think other other clubs have, have, have set standards and we're trying to surpass them and, and, and they'll try and surpass us but i think we have a wonderful product in northern ireland that could be so much bigger than it is today and i think having somebody like jared now at the top of nipple we're going to start to see i think growth right across the league and if we can get some more money from the sub-regional stadia funding, uh, from the assembly, I think it would go a long way to uh, elevating our product even further again. So I think there's so much potential. And all I see written across our league, Michael, is opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And, and we're going to do everything we can to try and capitalise on that, which I know other clubs will do the same as well. And I know a lot of people talk about the money invested here, but you know when you look at about the money in Europe, if you were able to reach the group stage, you could go a long way to getting maybe half of that back in a season. Absolutely, no question. Do we feel we absolutely feel that an Irish league club can fulfil the opportunity of being in the group stages of the Conference League, and that, that will happen. Linfield were very very close last year, and I was absolutely devastated for them because I think it helps every club if we can see one Irish league club get through to those uh, those group stages and I think one club will do it very very soon and then I think that will be the norm uh, going forward which I think puts again more investment into our league and more opportunity for others to to follow those teams that do qualify so that, that that's a big aim for us in phase two and something we believe is totally realistic uh, totally realistic opportunity I just wonder might other people you know looking at the league as an investment opportunity think well there's a lot of European places up for grabs in this league and when you see the the finances of Europe it actually you you tell me you probably have to hurt your hurt your bank account initially but within a few years if your strategy comes off you, you could start to see a return no question about that and also we're seeing attendances growing we're seeing more sponsorship money coming into it. It isn't just European football. You're naturally seeing clubs generating far more revenue than maybe they've done in the past. So I think it's a absolutely cast iron opportunity for investors to come into our league, investing in good clubs, get behind the community, get the local authority on board and really try and build something uh, special. And I think that's available to many investors and lots of investors I think will be looking at the Irish League and clubs with opportunities. In terms of the finances, just for the benefit of our uh, audience, I, I believe it's something around two and a half million if you reach the group stage of the Europa Conference League, and then there's there's money for depending on the results you get and things like that as well. So when we're talking about return of investment, that's just to give you an idea for the Conference League, obviously the Champions League, which I mean there's there's a real dream, but that that group stage is even more money. So just to, to try and quickly simplify that, are you going to be an impatient man now, waiting till June till the draw to find out who you get in that? That first qualifying round for the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, we're preparing, uh, trying to prepare a squad and, and do all the preparations on and off the field for a, an assault at the group stages. Whether it happens this year or in years in the future, we want to try and invest now in a, in a squad and in a team and get in all the resources we possibly can to be able to try and get, get, get our club into the group stages. And as I say, you have to have the luck of the draw, you have to have some things go your way in terms of players signing but I think we're in a great place to try and do that and as I said before I think it's going to be great for the league and great for all of the clubs if we can get one of our Irish League clubs across the line and get them into the group stages and, and we're going to try our best this year and the the competition 
uh, in the league. You've seen that. Obviously, Linfield were right up there until the, the final few days. You, you go back maybe a month prior, and there was four or five teams around you vying for the, the title. Do you see the league being as competitive in the years ahead, or do you think that a couple of clubs are at risk of pulling away? No, I think it's very competitive. As I say, as you've seen in the split, every team can beat every team. And and, and even with Balamina, who happened to be having a tough season in the league, reaching the Irish Cup final shows you that it's a very, very competitive league. And, and I think there's no question that if we keep that competitive edge, I think it's going to keep people's interest. And what we don't want to see is one or two clubs, whether that's Linfield, Glentorum, Cliftonville Crusaders, Larne, Coleraine, any of those teams pulling away and making it a procession it is all about entertainment it's all about getting uh, a competitive league that people want to come and watch uh, there's nothing better Michael than turning up on a Friday night at Inver biting your nails thinking can Crusaders beat us or can Ballymena beat us and I think that that's what keeps people's interest and, and we certainly want to see a very very competitive Irish Premier League and in terms of making that league you know I know people sort of cringe at the word product but in terms of making it an even bigger entity and, and bringing more people into it do we need to be more flexible with days Lauren have obviously played a lot of Friday night matches we're seeing some Sunday games across various competitions more so this season than than perhaps in the in more recent years is, is that going to be a thing a staggered weekend like we maybe see in in England or Scotland or, or how do you see the league growing what what what's needed I guess in the first couple of steps from here to, to try and kick on well, I think the great thing about it, Michael, is everyone seems open-minded to trying things. And I think what we've got to do as a, as a league is try and hit some sweet spots. And we're not going to do that with one execution. We need to iterate all the time. And if we can create a scenario where everyone's flexible about trying different things and seeing whether we can hit the sweet spot, then I think we'll eventually do that, which is going to be great for our league. So I think we're in an amazing, amazing position with a great opportunity ahead of us. And I think if everyone's flexible about trying things, I think we'll end up with a hitting the sweet spot and eventually growing our league into something even bigger than it is today I really appreciate your time I think the dog's trying to get some of the Lauren songs in in the background there just just finally you mentioned recruitment how busy do you see this summer being for Lauren is this going to be another aggressive transfer window well I think we'll see one or two new faces coming in we, we've got some uh, targets that, that Jerry and Tina are looking at we're delighted to get Kane Bolger and Sean Want. Uh, over the line and an extension for Leroy Miller which is going to be important to us we're also talking to one or two of our other players that are out of contract to see whether we can close them down so I think if we can keep this the, the vast majority of this squad together and bring in one or two fresh faces I think we'll be in a great place to try and challenge again in the league but also try and push for that to, uh, as far in Europe as we possibly can Okay, really appreciate you coming on to the show and congratulations on a successful season Kenny well done Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for having me on. The Score with Michael Clark. Great to hear the thoughts of Kenny Bruce. A couple of fresh faces on the way in, Delorne. I don't know if we have any spoilers here. I haven't seen anybody today now. I've been keeping an eye out. He did also mention new deals. Uh, two of the guys that have um, got new deals sitting in front of me, Ken Bulger being the other one. Uh, Fudger, uh, every every fan in the country wants to know, are you, are you staying around? Um... I'm just taking my time with it, do you know what I mean? Um, just trying to make the best decision possible for me and obviously for the club and stuff like that because like, I'm coming into my prime now, um, 26, so I just want to make what's the best decision for me. It's nothing to do with me loving being here, I love it here, I love the, the fans, the, the, the coaching staff, the owner, we have an unbelievable relationship so it's nothing to do with that, it's just for me personally and what I want to do and where I want to go. Okay, I hear you. I'm not going to go news night on you. I'm not going to press you harder than that. Very fair answer. And considering I'm an invited guest, you could have put me through that window behind you there. Reckon you'd have done it fairly handy as well. Um, Jeff, it's a big summer coming up for you. It, it kicks off now. Um, your benefit year, and uh, saw on social media the announcement the other day, Robbie Savage is bringing Macclesfield over. Um, not bad. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's a, it's a good, I think it's a good team to bring over. They've got a lot of... A lot of the same qualities Lauren have come sort of rising up from, I think they were completely liquidated, um, had the change of name and that, and I see now they're doing really well, they've won their league. I think they're playing us, obviously the Northern Irish champions, I think they're going to play the Welsh champions, they're doing a wee bit of a tour of the UK, so we'd love to see them, and uh, Robbie Savage was over, I think it was last year having a look, and some of our boys were over there having a look, so a bit of a connection there anyway, so look forward to seeing them. 
that's the funny thing. I was talking to Gary Haven, obviously first team coach, and uh, about all the, the sort of names, if you like, that you know, just very casually see walking about Inver Park. Ian Dow's part of the setup here, but Ian Hart was there the other night. Uh, Julian Ward, former player I know, but obviously sporting director at Liverpool. So, um, what door two down from Jurgen Klopp? All these sorts of people that walk around, and then just oh yeah, Robbie Savage is bringing people back over. It's very exciting for supporters that, you know, I, I don't know whether as players you, you kind of nearly appreciate it fully, maybe you do, but for supporters who are thinking, goodness, I remember when the pitch wasn't great, when the stands weren't great, when the football maybe wasn't great, and now these famous names are, are coming over and wanting to be a part of your club and work with your club, that, that shows not just a bit of progress, but a transformation. It shows you how far we've come, but it's also good to the fans then, obviously, to see there is a lot of interest outside of Northern Ireland in Lorne. Um, Kenny obviously brings a lot of the, the wow factor to it. Yeah. Um, but the gaffer does a lot of work in and around England, goes and sees other teams. There's a lot of now boys here with connections in England and abroad. Uh, so we're trying to extend that reach far and wide and bring as many people over as possible. And you're going to be inspiring the youth now. Are you, are you ready for that, that transition in your own career? I hope so. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a bit nervous with it. It's something I've never done. Obviously, I've played football since I was a kid, so any job's going to be a bit nerve wracking. But hopefully, I'll, I'll be all right. At it. I'll be all right. I have a lot of help here, so you know they're very good here with helping you through what you need. So I think it'll be good. And Sean, for the fact that you're sticking around, obviously you like what you you, you see at Larne. What are your impressions on the Irish League? Because as you say, you'd heard Linfield are going to be the big team to try and beat. That's um, been accomplished in your first season here, but I'm, I'm sure you're not short of aspirations for the future. But the league as a whole, w- were you surprised by how competitive it was? No, well, I knew, I knew Rohan Ferguson for before, so I spoke to him before I came. And he kind of gave me a brief idea, and I would say it's similar to what it's like in Scotland. And if not, maybe here it's a bit more physical, and you come out against more big, more boys and men here. So I think that's probably more physical here than it is in Scotland, but. Um, I knew that it was going to be a good standard and that's why I came here. That's what the gym's here for, isn't it? To make sure nobody's getting shoved off the ball. Um, certainly, we'll hear later on in the programme today from Crumlin star boss Paul Trainer or Chu as everybody calls him. I don't think anybody calls him Paul, really. But you, know, you talk about physical boys, that was just a game full of 50-50 tackles. I was in my element watching that um, with Gary Haverin. But the physicality of the league's one thing, but I think we're seeing you know, the standard of coaching, the full-time element as well. Um, the, the standard of the league is definitely improving. Um, maybe Sean can't speak to that as much, but, but Leroy, having, having been on both sides of the fence, you've already made that kind of point yourself. There's a lot to the game, and, and obviously a higher level of coaching helps you be a, a better level of player. Yeah, 10 years ago, probably, and around 9, 10 years ago, I made my debut at Balamena, and it was all about Route 1 football, and obviously you've been out in the pitches and that, and they weren't great, and... It was probably more physical if, say, if you were athletic and that, you would have done a job in the league. But now, on and off the pitch, it's come on leaps and bounds. The brand of football now, teams are trying to uh, implement, um, is unbelievable, obviously. Tiernan here himself loves playing football. He likes playing out through the back, playing through the thirds. So, obviously, it's nice in the eye as well. But you have to look at the other side, and it's a results-based business. And we've shown that this year, that we can mix it up. Everyone wants to be a winner, naturally, anyway. But there's something intrinsically in certain people I think where they just naturally adapt better to that environment because you can want to be a winner and your body or your mind can let you down in crucial moments and it's not a deliberate thing which is probably a nightmare for 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 players to try and convey at times to people um were you in any way nervous stepping into this atmosphere seeing the, the quality here and thinking well, OK, I know they haven't all won this league as a team, but there, there are winners in here who have done it before and, and I'm wanting to be one of them. Was there any, Did you feel you had to prove yourself? Yeah, you've always got to improve yourself. You, as I said, you can't stand still. I know we're league champions now, but the whole cl- the club as a whole will not want to stand still, want to bring new boys in and will want to improve because if we're not at our best next year, we know well, we know we're near it, so we need to be our best. Who do you enjoy, Fodder? going into a battle with in midfield? Because there's been some cracker ones through the through the seasons. Is there a particular midfielder or, or player in general you think, I love playing against him, and, and, and might just be because he brings the best out of you as an opponent? What, playing against? Playing against in the league. <clears throat> um, there's, there, there's, there's good midfielders in all the teams. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, going into a game, you, you want to be 
better than the others. Do you know what I mean? You want you want to have have their number or have their card or whatever there is. But um, probably Rory Hill. Rory Hill's because obviously he's energetic. He's fit. Do you know what I mean? He can he can last ninety with you, stuff like that. Whereas some of the part time teams and some of the full times as well, some of the mid- midfielders might not might not last ninety minutes. But he's a fit boy, like do you know what I mean. So. He, he can keep up with you for the for the for the ninety minutes, but there's so many good midfielders in the league. Like, and um, like I said to you, you want to you want to get the better of them in every game you play. Don't think too many could keep up with your energy levels. In fairness, I don't think it's full time, part time. I think it's just you're built differently. Um, as I said right at the beginning. What about you, Sean? Coming into this, like I don't know how familiar you are with the forward still. Apart from somebody caught me with a stray elbow there, I'll have to get him back. But I don't know how well you know the names yet. But has there been a particular game where you thought that was a tasty battle? I came out enjoying that one. Um, no, I feel every game this year, majority well, mostly every one of the strikers have been a good battle and they've all given me a tough test. But um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably just say Kyle Laffey because I played against him in Scotland. Many times, and I know him well, and I enjoy playing against him. He had a good few battles I've seen, so I'd probably say him, but I couldn't really pick one person in particular because I'd say every striker's giving me a tough test. Who do you think's the camera centre back between you and Kane? <laughs> uh, well, on the pitch, Kane, I wouldn't say he's calm one bit, so I'd probably say me, but off the pitch, he's the calmest guy in the world, so off the pitch, he's like a completely different person, but I don't mind that, I love it, so. Competitive big fella. Ah, he is. Uh, you don't want to get in the ring side of him, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've 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 seen that uh, down through the years. Uh, nothing wrong with having those sort of warrior personalities out on the pitch. I just wanted to, to close this because I'm very mindful of your time and, and very appreciative of it as well. But on the manager, on Tiernan Lynch, um, how how much of this do you think? is down to the work he's put in because he's been very honest at times where he said, you know, he's he's done it himself. He's he's wanted to try and do everything. I think he's often very hard on himself, Tiernan. Um but but how big a part has he played in this story as as it's panned out? He's right up there with Kenny. Um obviously we me and Fuds were, were there pretty much from the start with them and he's obsessive with football. He he doesn't stop. He you know, you ring him any time of the day, he's doing something football orientated. He goes and watches teams. He at the start before we had all the facilities and all the uh the staff, Tunin did most of it himself. So I think he deserves a great great credit for, for how much he's pushed it on. Even even, you know, you hear Kenny talking about how much of an influence he's had. The Academy was his idea, all this sort of stuff. So I th- I think uh I think he's a, a massive part and probably one of the main parts of how this club has been successful. Anyone want to say he's rubbish? No? No? No. Sure. <laughs> does he give you a tough time, Sean? No, he doesn't. He knows better. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to read between the lines there, seeing what that was about. Um, uh, no, it's been it's been r- a real privilege to come down here, guys, and talk to you. So congratulations on the season. What a lovely thing to be able to do, walk into the cliff and just see the Gibson Cup sitting there with the receptionist. And you're going, well, why not? Uh, you know, have it there on display. I know it's going on touring. People will be... Oh, thank you enough for quite a, some time to get their selfies with it. A very proud achievement for the club, and well done to all of you for making it happen. Thanks, guys. The score with Michael Clark. A big thanks to Lauren for having us and making me feel so welcome down there. Even got a picture with the Gibson Cup, and as a Carrick man, didn't burst into flames with the little red ribbons hanging off the side of it. Who knew? Eh? But well done to. The league winners, Larn. Now, towards the end of the show, we will have a little tribute to Darren Mullen. I've been speaking to two of the league's most well-known managers, and they have had their say on Darren Mullen's time as Newry City boss. But before we do that, I want to speak to a winning side, a winning manager in Paul Trainer. His Crumlin Star team won the Intermediate Cup final on Tuesday, and that was after an outrageously good match against St Oliver Plunkett. They won by three goals to two, and I think everybody was put through the ringer watching this one. They were 2-0 up early doors, they were pegged back, and then a bit of class from Stephen Smith. His second of the match, his side's third, and then finally Paul Trainer and his colleagues could all get into party mode. We were catching up yesterday 
And this is what he had to say. The score with Michael Clark. Paul Trainer, good afternoon to you. How are you? Very well, Michael. After a busy day yesterday of celebrating them slightly under the weather, but <laughs> just a, a lovely feeling waking up this morning with an intermediate cup sitting beside me at home. <laughs> now that is very, very special stuff. When you won it the, the last time, this is the second time in the club's history and, and, and you the man to deliver. You know, when you think back to 2019, big underdogs against Queens. Different story going into this one against St. Oliver Plunkett. Totally different, Michael, this time. The last time we, uh, we were the sort of way, the, the Queens were the big favourites to win at that. So it was totally different going into this time. This time, it was also was the favourites with Oliver Plunkett who play a couple of leagues below us, but here, they not be any leagues below us for too long because they're a magnificent side, so they are, Michael. Very, very good. You raced into the dream start. I mean, 11 minutes into the game, Stephen Smith has scored, Kevin Lynch has scored, and you're probably thinking, right, pipe and slippers time, boys. Uh, yeah, this year, Michael, it's usually been the other way round. We had started <laughs> off very slow, and we would have been in Oliver Plunkett's shoes, but... Here we couldn't ask for the dream start 2 0 up, and I just thought there was a big penalty called to make it three. As for a penalty, I thought it was a penalty here. It didn't come our way. We got a free kick, but we didn't. After we went two 0 up, we sort of we stopped a little bit, you know. We sort of went into a wee bit of complacency, come into our game. And Plunkett started getting the ball down and playing round us. Came half time. Got the boys in. Here's me lads. We've got to be very, very complacent. Came out the second half, and all of a sudden we were two one straight away. Mm-hmm. And it equalised two each from sort of way two set pieces. Michael was it was disappointing. But Michael, our boys don't know when they're beat. We made a few readjustments. We brought Conor McLaughlin on. and brought Sam McBurney on. Give us more legs, and we started getting the ball down and playing again. And if anything, in the second half, I thought. We had more clear-cut chances with two or three good chances. We hit the bar and with one or two, James Doyle in this one. But as I say, it's written in the stars, Stephen Smith. Uh, what a magnificent goal to win it. What a magnificent goal. Superb. Got the touch that just set it and he was able to swivel and then stick it in the top corner and everyone just watching on as soon as it left his boot knew where it was going. And... It probably it took until the final whistle for you to feel any sense of relief whatsoever after what we'd just seen before all of that you thought well you, you don't know what way this game's going to go next the amount of people that have messaged me saying my goodness that was just one of the best games of football I've seen in ages and I think it's a credit to both teams that we got that kind of game really honest really combative at times I love a good 50-50 I think there was quite a few of those um, uh, you know it, it had every element that, that a neutral would want maybe as a manager you're thinking I would have taken a boring 1-0 thanks actually but, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but what a show to put on Unreal, Michael. You know, as I say, you couldn't get, you know, it must have been great for the IFA and everything went, it was so professionally done. It was very well done. And I think it was a bumper crowd of 23 or 2400 mm-hmm. people there. I thought here that they got a great show from the amateur league teams that there is footballers in the amateur league, Michael, and I would like to promote that, that there is very, very good, talented footballers in the amateur league and they're getting well coached. So they are. Uh, as for being a manager standing on the sideline, it, it just kept duking them right up to that big clack in the right hand corner, <laughs> and the clack wouldn't come down at all. So it was used me. Well, 80 minutes is too. I think we scored, I wonder what, was it about 10 minutes to go? Yep. And I kept, and it was probably the longest 10 or 12 minutes in my life. <laughs> and thankfully, on my behalf, that we're here. We'll get over the line, so we did. And I would like to say here, very, very, very well done, the Oliver Plunkett. What a superb football on side. Great coaching staff, and here their crowd was fantastic too. There was such a great variety of people there, all ages, and I know people sort of say these things, but you could hear it. You know, if you weren't in the ground and you were just watching online, you could hear it. You could hear the kids screaming and shrieking for tackles or for a corner down in front of them and all that sort of thing. It must be just magic as a manager as anybody involved with either team to be there and to feel that level of support give you a real lift 
it was fantastic Michael so it was as it with my granddaughters there my wife there my daughter my sons and all my cousins everybody you know was from the local district so they were i.e. from Lanadoon with uh, Plunkett and from Ardoyne with mm-hmm. Crumlin Star it was fantastic but it was a cr- fantastic feeling all night but it was a better fantastic feeling about 10 past 10 when we were getting on the bus with a cup and up the road so it was Yes I would imagine so and then um, a nice late end of the wee hours party was it? Oh, not too long just a few beers as I said and then here we regrouped again when I think we went out at 4 4 yesterday at lunchtime and we had a few beers then <laughs> so I expect the parties tonight Michael they have just texting them there uh we're training tonight, boys. We have a lot of important games coming up over the next three or four weeks. Well, that is it as well. Easy to lose sight of these things for for anybody not in the trenches of it. You know, you've a, you've a semi final, the Clarence Cup coming up, and and you've the end of your league season as well. Michael, I think we we'll, we we'll play Saturday, Tuesday, and Thursday next week. We we'll start off with Dariac on Saturday. The following Tuesday evening, Tuesday week, we we'll play at Seaview against uh, Dominic Mills in the semi final of the Clarence Cup and then the way things is going in this league this year there's four or five teams which think they can still win it and I'm one of them if you put a run again together from now to the end of the season with six or seven games in the league left if he gets five or six wins God knows where it takes us hopefully he'll take it to the top Looking at it, I mean, it's such a congested top table, isn't it, really? It's the the sort of thing you must relish as a manager going, can we get those wee margins on our side? Can we find our way to be in the conversation with a few games to go? Because you're, what, three points off the top at the minute, but you know, Rough Island Rangers are the Rough team Island. I'm looking at there with a couple of games. They catch my eye all the time. They've, they've, uh, they've been knocked out of the Cups. I don't know earlier on. Well, we knocked them out in the quarterfinals the of the intermediate but apart from that they're just playing they're concentrating on their leagues but Michael we have been through this before so we have you know a couple of years ago we got to win the travel and we're, we're well used to playing Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday and I can put the trust in the boys we'll be there at the end of the season you know but it's going to be tough but as I said we don't do anything easy anyway I was saying to Gary Haverin, who was uh, along with me, because obviously Gary, first team coach at Larne, full time football, uh, and sometimes you hear managers, and not necessarily saying Larne say this, but you sometimes hear clubs saying, "We have to play, you know, on a Tuesday, then we have to play on a Friday," and and <laughs> very tough on the players. And I take it out of Northern Ireland, you hear Premier League managers Jurgen Klopp giving off about two or three games yeah. in a week. What about fellas that are going doing an honest hard day's work and then coming and doing their training and their matches? Unreal, unreal. Get them out of work at five o'clock and getting down to Rathrain or down to Drum and S for a quarter to seven kick off. Yeah, Mary's League boys are spoiled. So they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're spoiled. Big time. Well, maybe there'll be a few more people coming and trying to watch the, the amateur league. Maybe they're missing a trick here, are they? Well, Michael, as I said, I've been on both sides of the... I've been at, I was at the Glens with Addy and mm-hmm. I was at, at Cliftonville with Addy. This side of it means a hell of a lot more because of my family. When my, all my brothers are, you know, this this side of it does. And it's more of a family thing. The the amateur league, you know, it's usually your brothers or played previously or... In fact, my wife washes the gear. My my daughter does the website. So everybody's involved. And it, Michael, just tell you the truth, it means a hell of a lot more to me. This, you know, with so many people close to me around me. Love that. That's that's fantastic. And I I want to I want to ask you this: your nickname, Chew Trainer, is it a root one obvious answer to why you get called Chew? <laughs> <It's> just got <laughs> this. The guys who used to be at our bearing with used to come to my door and rap the door and say to my mother, it's chewing. No chew lives here. No, you call him Paul. No chew lives here. You call him Paul. Just that trainer thing, chew, yeah, chew. Yeah. And it just stuck to me since primary school. And people don't even know me as Paul Trainer. No. So they don't. It's chew trainer. But you're stuck. I love that because when I was looking into the game and I was talking to people, and I, I, I genuinely want to say this, um, your club were fantastic. Column um, was so so helpful. You've it's been so so helpful. Um, Plunkett were great as well. Spoke to you know they've they've joint managers. Spoke to Owen. Yeah, he was great with the notes and stuff and really educating me on the history of the clubs. Yeah, um, like I, Jackie Maxwell and, mm. and and just 
fascinating the more you learn about you know the area and the players and the families and all those sorts yeah. of stories coming through but what also really really tickled me was everybody's got a nickname and it reminded me oh, of, you yeah. know that, that sort of when you're growing up and all the boys you run about with and all the nicknames you don't see much of that in the Irish league but you start to go through teams and go <laughs> hold on a minute here we've all we've all got a wee funny name and I like it yeah even when we're doing the comment system, Michael, <laughs> and I'm calling it out for one of our boys to do, put it into the system, the, the team sheet on a Saturday day, and I'm calling them out by all their nicknames, and the fellas filling it in on the phone's going, who's that? You know, the real name. Some of them, you know, they forget their real names, to tell you the truth. So, there you go. Brilliant stuff. Well, congratulations. Um, serial winners. You'll be hoping there's a bit more to come. Border Cup and Intermediate Cup already in the bag. And uh, well, well, best of luck for the remainder of what will be a very competitive conclusion to your season, no doubt. Michael, thanks, thanks very, very much. Here, it's been a privilege to speak to you, so it has here, and hopefully, as I say, here with an hour trophy or two, maybe hopefully an hour two, we might have a quad by the end of the season. The score with Michael Clark. We are almost at the end of the program now, but we do have time to pay tribute to a manager who is departing Darren Mullen after 10 years in the dugout, 14 years coaching as well at Newry City has decided it's time to call it a day and fittingly it'll be Dungan Swifts that he finishes off against fittingly because that was his opponents when they won what'll be the last competition they won under him, that was the Mid-Ulster Cup earlier this season Darren has been a pleasure to work with I was there for their first trip to the Premiership when they came through the playoffs against Carrick Rangers so all the emotions that night I was asked to host their championship title winning party last year and what an evening that was what (laughs) into the wee hours a really really special occasion and even on the bad days when results didn't go their way he always fronted up and he always came out and spoke and I think that's a credit to him but I've been talking to two people who also had tributes to pay and that's two people that will be back on the show next week when we're previewing the Irish Cup final managers of Ballymena United and Crusaders David Jeffrey and Stephen Baxter and we'll start with the latter Stephen Baxter this is what he had to say about Darren Mullen I sent Darren a text just to say to him enjoy a, a little bit of a, a time off relax uh, recharge your batteries uh, Darren Mullen is a, a fabulous person He's a, he's a gentleman, a guy that I have really enjoyed, uh, have great conversations with him, a great person to, to deal with. If you need some time, you need some time. Uh, you know, running football clubs is a difficult business. It's, it's, it's a high-pressure business. It takes a lot of your time. It, it eats into every part of your time, morning, noon, and night. Uh, and sometimes you need a break away from it. Maybe he needs that time. But I said to him, take your time. Get a refresh and come back into it because he's a he's a brilliant manager and he will and he could do a job at a very high level as well. So I'm I'm hoping that he we see him back sooner rather than later. But uh, I hope he has a little bit of time just to refresh and 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 get uh, get back to where he needs to be. Unbelievable, uh, unbelievably phenomenal. That's all I can say when when you think about Newry going out of out, out of business, so to so to speak, mm-hmm. having to reinvent. You know, rejoin whatever whatever word is 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 the most appropriate, and what he did in terms of bringing the club back into to the Irish League, um, not just being manager but being on the board, you know, being very much part of of, of the community. I, I didn't obviously didn't realise because I remember at, at the end of our game last week. Um, um, and we had to be honest and by giving it our best. We weren't sitting back in any way, shape, or form. We give it our right royal go. Um, and I said to him at the end of the match, I said, Darren, I know exactly how you're feeling because I had that feeling the previous week when we played Dun- Dungallon Swifts. You know, we thankfully got the victory, which allowed us to be mathematically safe and, and not to be involved in, in a relegation sort of dogfight or, or playoff. So I said, you know, Darren, you're feeling this week. What, what I felt last week, fantastically well done. And I just told him how immensely proud that I am. And it wasn't some patronising effort. I, I was genuinely proud because he is a, a tremendous young man. Anytime I've, I've come across Darren, he is good company. He is just a really, really good person. A man of great character, a man of great integrity. 
certainly surprised, you know, um, at uh, you know at him stepping down. But he will have his reasons, and I and and as a manager, at times you know when the right time is to go. I know I was at Linfield for seventeen years and and four months, and it was at coming into the last part of the season that you know we sat down with the board and and, and I was made said, you know, I think it's now time for a change, and. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to the end of the season. But I knew myself that I had done all I could possibly do, and there, there wasn't anything more that I that I could do. And, and I think there is a time, a right time to part company. Um, so for Darren, while some people may be surprised, he will know himself. And if he felt if feels it's right for himself and for for the club, then that's he's, I know exactly what where he's at, and he's it's also his timing. People, he has done what he, he needed to do. Newry are where they very much deserve to be. And well done to Darren. And uh, I hope that over the piece that he's not lost, you know, Charlie League football. You know, I don't know what the plans are, but at some stage, certainly a return to the dugout because uh, he's an exceptional, exceptional young man. The score with Michael Clark. Great words from two great men. As I say, they'll be back on the show for our season finale next week when it's all eyes on the Irish Cup final. We will have some of the players from both Crusaders and Ballymena United joining us too. But for now, from me, thank you very much for listening. All that's left to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.